Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Wednesday night, so you know what that means. That it means you are locked in to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Justin Lavar. She is the Demon Diva Issa. He is Jimmy Corderas, and we are all in the path of a winter storm coming. That's right. Winter is coming. The gimmick is spreading all over the place. AEW Dynamite Plus right here in the lives of Jimmy, Issa, and Justin. But before we get to AEW Dynamite, pleasantries all around the table. First, ladies first. Issa, how are you tonight? It's 82 degrees. I'm back in nice paradise weather. I escaped winter before it came. 
<laughs> oh, so you're out of the path. All right. Yeah, I'm out of the path. And um, yeah, I'm excited to talk some wrestling with you guys. And here we are. Roman is having a long day. He had a long travel day. Okay, so. Got to keep Roman comforted. There you go. Uh, Jimmy Cordero is over 20 years in the zebra stripes inside of the squared circle. How are you tonight, Jimmy? I'm okay. Just prepping for the wind, weather advisory that we're getting up here. It's supposed to uh, get very... Uh, a very mixed batch, snow, freezing rain, icy kind of wet stuff. I don't know. It's just it's supposed to be a mess, but uh, hey, this is Canada. It's not like I haven't seen it before. Yeah, I was going to say, are you guys supposed to be used to it by now? <laughs> no, it's, it's, you, you don't get used to it, but you do, no. you, you just learn how to deal with it. That's all. Learn yeah, to deal. Agreed. Yeah. That's all you can do is learn to deal. Uh, rumor what about has you, Lavar? How's Pittsburgh? Yes. Uh, well, we're getting ready to get hit with some some rain and sleet and ice and all that stuff. So uh, it, it, it's Pittsburgh in December, I guess. Right. <laughs> you you right. get used to it. Uh, something that we uh, maybe Vince McMahon hasn't got used to is the fact that he's not in charge anymore of the day-to-day in WWE. And maybe it's not sitting well with him, depending on how much you want to believe that's out there in the world. Well, earlier this week, the Wall Street Journal, mind you, the Wall Street Journal is the ones who originally dropped uh, many of the big bombs that ultimately led to Vince's retirement this past summer. Well, Wall Street Journal had a new story come out this past week, and this one uh, talked about some more allegations, some more situations that Vince and his legal team having to deal with. But the one of the big takeaways that the wrestling fans had from this is that the report also noted that Vince, the sources close to Vince, are saying that he wants to make a comeback that he feels he regrets his retirement. He thinks that people close to him gave him some bad advice. And that if he just would have stayed in his job, he could have weathered the storm and this all would have blown over and passed. So that certainly uh, evoked a lot of reaction, a lot of uh, opinions online as you would expect it to. And kind of a follow-up, our friends over at Fightful Select, they dropped a new report on Tuesday in response to this, where they uh, talked over a dozen, a dozen staff talent and employees within WWE and the common consensus was that McMahon's reported desire to return was not a mutual or reciprocal feeling. Um, you know, everything from, I mean, it's, it's a really interesting point, uh, but uh, the, the, the interesting sources that make different points to Fightful, but, you know, basically, you know, one WWE higher up, um, not concerned saying, look, the stock price, the TV ratings, the general morale, everything has gone up since McMahon's exit. Um you know, uh, some talent who, you know, one talent and note that Fightful talked to who this talent said, hey, I had a pretty good relationship with Vince, but they still are okay with him stepping away. They see a lot of the positives. They see the need for change. So uh, a variety of different people uh, that Fightful describes who they talked to without disclosing their names uh, and just you know, across the board, nobody thinking that Vince needs to come back. In fact, uh, it's even in, again in the report, you know, they've, 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 they've gone now, guys. They've gone, Jimmy, uh, since July without Vince and the thing has not collapsed the wheels have not fallen off and in some measurements things have progressed and improved uh so you know, everybody kind of rallying around saying you know we don't need him it is time to move on and you know he needs to to stay retired um it's a lot to unpack obviously this is your former boss once upon a time uh what's your reaction to the latest of this uh, it, it's not surprising. Let me put it that way. Hearing that, uh, if it's true, him wanting to return back to his, uh, former, I don't want to say former glory, but his former position in charge of the company. Uh, I, I don't know the exact terminology for it, but he is, uh, he does own controlling shares of the company, if I'm not mistaken, as far he's, as 
He does. Yeah. He still he still leads he still leads the voting control with with, with shares. Yes, right. But we can tell by the programming and uh, the presentation on television that uh, he it's not him handling the creative right now, unless he's actually he. It feels like those reins have been handed over to Triple H, and he's doing his uh, creative uh, best right now. And we've seen the difference, and and the talent seems to be approving of it as well. My issue is that if Vince were to come back in some form or fashion, that would be be a bigger distraction, and people would be talking about that more than the improvements that we're seeing right now. And I think that could hurt. Uh, you know, regardless, uh, do I know if any of these allegations are true? You make up your own minds. I, I'm not a judge, jury, or executioner, so you don't ask me. I worked for the man. I didn't have an issue with him, but hey, you know what? Uh, others did apparently so you know my like i said my concern would be the distraction to the improvements that have been going on now isa interesting timing uh these reports all in this debate really coming out monday and tuesday of this week and tuesday was the uh vice documentary the nine lies of vince mcmahon uh so don't know if there's anything to draw and correlate there with with that but um you know no shortage of opinions what say you with uh, vince trying to make a run in yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised with the way that we were told that Vince treated WWE, right? You know, the way that he was at every show, booked every, you know, booked every show, looked every script. So when somebody's that involved, when you create something from nothing, I, I don't, I don't, regardless of the allegations, I think anybody will have a hard time walking away from that. That's your baby. You dedicated how many years of your life to this and to go to that, to just what, sitting on the couch? I mean, I would assume everybody would go like, I should have never done that. Like, what am I doing? What am I going to do with my life? WWE, booking wrestling, promoting is all that this man known has known for how many years now? I'm not surprised that he would assume this is a bad decision. I don't think, I personally, my opinion is that it's not a bad decision, but I can understand where he's coming from. I'm somewhat of a workaholic myself, so I get it. I don't know. I, I If I'm not doing something, I, I get depressed. So... I, I get where he's coming from. That's like what the man did cannot be denied. And how are you going to hand your baby over and not really have second thoughts about it? That That's not how it works. Yeah. You know, it's interesting too. the, the initial report from the Wall Street Journal saying that uh, your sources around Vince say that he, he wants to make a comeback. He feels like he, he could have weathered the storm. And then that he feels like he was given bad advice to those close to him. Uh, if that is to be true, it's very hard to hear that and not think of his immediate family with whom, uh, uh, you know, then just took over responsibilities that he vacated. So, um, I don't know. I feel, I feel like, I feel, I feel like, I feel like Christmas might be awkward this year. It's just, it's a, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's funny, he, you know, the way he said it, that, uh, he thinks that if he just stayed and weathered the storm, it all would have blown over. Now, if that were the case, let's say that were true. And that did happen. Now him coming back, puts a bigger spotlight on him and the allegations. So, you know, it, whether, yeah. you know, true or not is, is not the issue here. The issue is perception is reality and people will be talking about nothing but that. Yeah. And, and look, and I'm, I'm not an, I'm not an expert, but I think if I understand the situation, yes, while he, while he still has the controlling the majority amount of shares, mm -hmm. it's still the board still would have to, and a majority vote or decision would, would have to would have to come to that to allow him to come back. So that's the other thing. I'm not, I mean, obviously, Vince, look, he's played the game for a lot of years. I'm sure he could try to see could he could he pull votes? Could he basically do some political maneuvering to get himself 
allowed back in, but it would, I mean, it would take something. And I think based upon what that one higher up, uh, you know, uh, source that Fightful alluded to noted, things are just going so well. I mean, I just, I, I, don't, I can't see why the board on, on that principle would a majority of them, at least. And then to, you know, to, to Jimmy, to your hey. point, it just it would, it would it would it would create a bigger PR problem. And even on that note, the stock prices went down yesterday again after this report was out. So would you allow him to come out if the stock prices are dropping just from reports and rumors? Imagine what could happen if he actually does make a comeback. That could really affect stock and and investors' money. Yeah. So um, we'll see. Again, I, you know whether or not it was just something that was floated out there and and ultimately just helps buzz for the documentary advice, which, which by the way I was kind of a little disappointed on. That's a whole other thing. Um, or, or I didn't get a chance to watch it yet, but I'll catch up with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it, it. I thought, and then I've seen a very similar. I've seen a lot of similar opinions. It didn't really. I don't know what I expected of it, but it was it was just a lot of it was just every clip that every clip from somebody at some dark side of the ring episode in the past that has talked about some dark time in WWE and or Vince's life. They just kind of took a lot of those clips. It was just kind of like a compilation of what we already kind of knew about Vince and, and, and controversy. That, that makes sense to a lot of the reviews I saw floating around today. So we'll see what happens. Uh, if Vince makes a comeback or not, another, uh, person that uh, again looking at social media would love to see make a comeback and it's only been a matter of hours since the news has been public is mandy rose uh she was 413 day reign as nxt women's champion that came to an end tuesday during nxt surprised a lot of people and then today fightful reporting that mandy rose has been released by wwe fightful goes on sean rob sap a fightful specifically goes on to say that the release today was related to WWE officials feeling that Mandy Rose put them in a tough position due to suggestive comment uh, content. Excuse me, uh, that Rose was releasing on her uh, on her brand army page. Uh, so I, I mean, I think similar to an OnlyFans, kind of like behind a paywall, uh, you know, exclusive, you know, premium content. Um, and I guess I, I don't. I'm, first off, I, I haven't seen this content. I don't know what what said thing is. I hear that it's photos or videos that might have even gotten leaked. So I don't know if she purposely put it out there or what. But Issa, have you seen any of this? Have you heard any of this? But I mean, this is a this is a, a a strange story to have on a Wednesday that somebody who has been one of the most improved talents on all levels in in, in the company um, has a has a long title reign just end and then is released for you know, for content she was doing uh, on her own. Yeah, I um, I obviously saw it making the rounds, and um, I, I personally I cover NXT here every Tuesday with Glenn and Alfred, and I have been so impressed with what she did down there, turned things around, improved. I really got behind her as champion, and I did think her reign for 113 days was a very credible reign. Um, that being said, I feel like there's not enough context to the real the reason why she was released. I don't know if maybe she was she didn't compromise what she asked to take the page down and she said no because if that's the case props to her respect i stand up and standing ovation because a lot, the rumors has it that she's making a lot more than there than she was in wwe so yeah why would you take the page down um you know my bigger issue and i sent out a tweet about this and, and i had some really interesting back and forward was the leaking of the content mandy rose there's screenshots of her asking fans to please take that down i'm gonna get in trouble it's the leaking of the content that that really kind of snowballed this into effect because it was like everywhere this weekend and obviously 
you know, I, I am an advocate of this, this platforms, brand army, only fans. I am an only fans creator, take a big chunk of the creator's money and they don't give you support when it comes to the leak content aspect of things. I have to pay a separate company to scan the internet for me. And I feel like these companies should offer some kind of support based on the chunk of money that they're taking from us. But this is a whole different conversation to have. I do think that the leak of her content is really what snowballed this into effect. And that is something that I feel like um, some creators need to talk about more um, because there's no protection to that. And, and you shouldn't just assume the fact that if you put this content out there, you should be ready for it to get out. That's not the way that it works. It is copyrighted content. And regardless, if she's making and and listen, Justin Lavar, this is this is a big marketing for her. Do you realize how many people signed up to her page today and she <laughs> upped the price, probably doubled no. the price? Like what the, what this is was a marketing for her. And if she can make more without risking her health and her body, go you girl. Hey, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. Before we go to Jamie, I'm not gonna lie. When I read, when I saw the story, and like I said, I, I've yet to have said, I've yet to seen content, the content that's in question. But I will <laughs> say, I said to myself, well, now I'm really intrigued to see this content of what, of what caused this, <laughs> this hubbub, Jimmy. You know, I've it, seen it for research purposes. I've seen it. Okay. I mean, I mean, let me just ask. Is it, is, is it risque? Is she? Is yeah, she nude? It is. Is she nude? It's 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 a little bit more than that. Okay, well, so Jimmy, this is this is interesting because um, you know uh, having doing the third party stuff was a big was a big thing to a lot of WWE talents that mm -hmm. they were fighting Vince on that we heard about. You know, mm -hmm. fighting you know having their Twitch, uh, having uh, other opportunities, and, and not wanting WWE to have to approve or take a cut of. Mm -hmm. And then in twenty in this past year, it seems like once Triple H took over, he kind of laxed on the okay, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let the, I'm gonna let the talent have their brands and. And connect with their audience and, and what have you so it's interesting to see this happen i mean this do you think this is a situation where they release her right now because they have to they have to take action before it spirals out of control and maybe gets a bad pr spin uh and then they bring her back in a couple months as long as everything stays quiet or do you think this really might have rubbed somebody the wrong way that she was uh the side hustle did you know this content i i think it, the timing of everything especially we just the, the new story we talked about previously it, it just a bad time for this all to happen and yes maybe there is a line that she crossed uh, uh like you justin i have not seen the content isa for research purposes has and <laughs> says it was a little bit more than risque risque right isa Okay, so yeah, yeah, there, there, was, there, was, there, there was there was another person involved in this. Country. Okay, so therefore uh, that could uh, constitute something else entirely, and if that's the case, and it leaked out there, uh, it's it's well within their rights, I think. And people may disagree with me, but it's well within their rights to to say, hey, you can't, you know, produce this stuff. You're a talent for our company, and that image is not what we want to represent out there. So I understand that aspect of it, but I also understand the um, aspect of, hey, I'm also a private citizen and can do what I want on my private time. It's just that, uh, you know, mm -hmm. when you're when you're a public personality, though, things change and perception yeah. again changes. So you have to kind of there's a there's a line that you have to walk. And maybe, yeah. you know, like I said, I haven't seen the content, but maybe that line was crossed. But. To, to just for the chat, it's two complete different stories. A lot of people are bringing the page situation. Page content wasn't put out there for people to purchase and see. This was her own private content that got out illegally by a hack. This is content that Mandy Rose is knowingly putting out there for people to purchase. And that's two complete different beats that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, 
regardless though i don't think that to to your point yes you do you are making a choice to work for a pg company very well known to to put an image so you should know what you're signing up for right and and the wording that was used is that what she's putting out there doesn't go with the contract that she signed with wwe they're not saying we're gonna release her because she was nude that's not what it's saying she is there's a breach of contract and they can come to a compromise at the same time it is 2022 people are starting to monetize some other things and i don't think that what a person is putting on their brand army only fans whatever it is it doesn't take away from her skills in the ring or her skills on how to cut a promo or doesn't define her as a person it's just another source of revenue for her this is what people are doing if you told me you gotta i'm gonna give you this gig but you gotta stop doing only fans then you better come with twice of what I'm making on OnlyFans, or I'm not taking it down, and maybe WWE wasn't willing to pay that money. You know, and there is a there is a sense of irony blended in the blunder with hypocrisy that Mandy Rose's gimmick that has gotten her over was a very sexually charged gimmick, uh, all about her looks and 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 everything. You know, largely it, 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 so. There's something to that 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 makes it a little, you know, that. In a way, in a way, she's just kind of living the gimmick a little bit more behind a paywall over here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not like they were trying to book her as like the the lead nun and write the censor, and she's out here doing other things. Right. Uh, Sega Genesis got a big super chat uh, weighing in, saying the gist is that she has a limit written into her, her contract on how mm-hmm. far she can go. She was found out months ago and warned, likely due to pressure from advertisers and partners. She kept it going. But material was illegally leaked. Um, all right. Well, mm-hmm. I'm sure this is not the end of this story, um, right. and I'm sure we've not seen the last of of, of Mandy Rose wherever that yeah. may be next. And that's what I feel. I feel like we don't have all the context to really go right. back and forth and formulate an opinion in regards to the release. We can kind of piece together and t- tell you guys what we think, but we don't know if she was warned, if, if there was no compromise, if they couldn't come mm-hmm. together in some kind of compromise. We don't know. We just know that she was released. There's, mm-hmm. that doesn't. You don't know if it was WWE's fault, if it was her fault. You don't know what happened here. Exactly. And uh, Sega continued on with another chat. He said if there was any way they could have kept her, they would have. They had pressure from partners, gave her an ultimatum, and she chose her page as she makes more no hard feelings <clears throat> from the company. Well, I mean, whatever it is, I hope I hope financially she is fine. I mean, I yeah. hope that she is, you know. Um, so we'll see. I, again, sure. I don't think she might not be Mandy Rose, where, where, but I, I don't think that we've seen the last of her. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I mean, she's got like a million followers on, on social. I mean, she's, right. she's, uh, she's not going to just disappear into darkness, I don't think, here. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, one more super chat, I think, just uh, popped in. Where did it go? There it is. <clears throat> super chats are active. Yeah. Getting them to come up tonight are harder. Uh, John Silver's uncle, is, is it the content or the act of defiance by bending the reinstated privilege of being allowed to utilize external social media income? Uh, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a factor maybe to look at. Mm-hmm. Is don't, don't abuse the slack, the, the rope we're given. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Don't hang mm-hmm. yourself with the rope. Right. Yeah, we'll need to hear it from her. She's going to have to, uh, at some point, she's going to have to, I, I hope, mm-hmm. would make a statement, do an interview to something and kind of clear the air right. about exactly. Unless she wants to come back. If she wants to come back, she just needs to not really say much. Right. She doesn't have to. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. And, and especially, you know, if we do hear from her, it'll be her spin and their spin. So, you know what I mean? It's it, What do they say? The truth lies somewhere in the middle? 
Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then their story, her story, and then the mm-hmm. truth. <laughs> well, and it's fair to point out, and Bernie, or, or a loyal uh, Bernie in DC, actually just pointed out. I, yeah, I, WWE, I don't believe, has sent anything official. I haven't seen it on the website. I have not seen a press release come through. Obviously, Fightful right. is all, Fightful has got a, a tremendous track record, so I'm not doubting Fightful, but um, usually when a story has been out now, I mean, I mean it, it's been out for at least at least eight hours today. Usually by this point, WWE would have put mm-hmm. something out, and they haven't. Right. So, well, I guess we'll, well just keep it's that almost like the Sasha and Naomi situation where people were saying she, they were released, they were not released, they're resigning, they're not mm-hmm. resigning. We never really knew what the status of their contracts have been since they walked out. Yeah. Right. So again, we'll kind of see, and, and I think mm-hmm. we'll just see. Depending on what's uh, what she does, if she starts talking a lot about this then then maybe that's that that's that if she stays mm-hmm. quiet maybe it's maybe there's she wants to be back or maybe she, maybe she's not gone at all and there's some there's a mystery in the middle here so and she right. pops up with a rumble <laughs> yeah, and we're all scratching our heads mm-hmm. and we're all scratching our heads all right that's gonna do it for the news block let's go ahead and jump into dynamite winter is coming uh winter is coming from uh blustery cold dallas texas um <laughs> and we kick it off with death triangle <laughs> versus the elite continuing in the best of seven uh a story in this match is nick nick jackson he leaves uh the match for a certain time uh injury uh, i believe to the ankle uh Mm -hmm. and then eventually he does come back but uh penta is going to use the ring bell hammer again and ultimately death triangle is going to lock the elite into some into submission hold and they're going to tap out so death triangle goes up three to one uh, anybody who's watched any kind of best of seven in any sport, you know, three to one is not some place you want to be. And Omega gets on the microphone and understands they got an uphill battle. And he says, screw it. Next week, you guys can get your fourth and precious win. You can finish this out. Why don't we make hammers, weapons, anything legal? No DQ. Jimmy, uh, did you like the booking of this match? Did you see the three to one uh, coming? Uh, and are you okay with the upping the ante of no DQ in the precious DQ world of AEW. Uh, in theory, yes, but it's it's all in the execution. Let me put it to you this way. The the ankle injury to Nick Jackson, I thought, was pulled off very well. Uh, especially the fact where his brother kept leaving the ring apron to check on his brother, Doc Samson coming out, the trainer coming out, everybody. They did a good job of making it look authentic because you everybody's wondering, what happened? What happened? Maybe, maybe this is like, maybe this is legit. Oh my goodness. You know, they got the crowd wondering. And then when he made that triumphant comeback, walking down the aisle, limping, cool. You know what I mean? That's when I said, okay, they did a good job here. And then all of a sudden he gets in the ring, the hot tag. And I get the whole, you can make the argument, well, the adrenaline rush and all that stuff, but he wasn't selling the ankle barely. He was you know, running the ropes and doing all that stuff. And I'm going, dude, at least do a facial expression where it freaking hurts while you're running or something. And then they did the hammer to the ankle, which made sense. But again, it's, it, it's, it's, it's how you end it. And it didn't end the way I liked it because, because that hot tag, I thought um, he didn't sell the ankle enough, even though, you know, he ended up selling it at the end. Uh, Isa, uh, before before I go to you, Issa, I guess I'll, I'll let Sega lead in here with a super mm-hmm. chat. He says, Issa's face palms said it all. The show was terrible. I felt like Dominic Mysterio on the trainer's table after I got misted. Thank God it ended with MJF and Ricky <laughs> Starks, but I want an apology for the pain I suffered through 
to get it. Thank you, Sega. <laughs> Issa, go ahead and expand on your face palm. Sega, we are we are right there. Um, yeah, it didn't listen. The hammer again, and you would think the elite would have came up with this stipulation two matches ago. I thought they were to to expand to Jimmy's point. I thought they were gonna expand on, on Nick's being injured and not even do the hammer and let him tap out. He came back, he shouldn't have been out there. He taps out, he loses. We don't use the hammer, but you have to set up for the next three matches. Now they announce all the next three matches are stipulation. It's a no DQ, four counts everywhere, and escalera de la muerte. So all of these three matches, they're going to happen because they would have not announced these stipulations without them. Mm. Um, the match was great, but I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, and, and we had a break last week. I'm getting bored. I'm getting mm. bored. They're not. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for the next three ones. I'm excited because they're going to be different. But this felt like a lot of the same. No, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, Justin. I, I just wanted to jump in really quick here. Uh, yeah, you, you know, when when you have a, you know, all weapons count and all the, it almost feels like, yeah, so it doesn't matter because they don't follow rules in these six-man matches anyways. And the ref distractions, I just, they yeah. feel they feel lazy to me. I'm sorry. You've got to be more creative than that. I think the, the false count everywhere in the ladder match at the end are going to probably be the, the two show stealers out of this series. Mm-hmm. Um, they should have never announced that it was going to go all the way to seven or the dates of the seven or even mm-hmm. the stipulations ahead of time. They should have just announced what's going on next week, then announced the next one. Then it, it just doesn't help you get invested. But for mm-hmm. a star of the show, banger okay great we're gonna start with oh boom 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 look at all these spots here's kenny omega and then after this and we'll get into it it felt like they talked for like 40 minutes all we saw mm-hmm. was just people talking on a mic mm-hmm. it was whatever we'll, we'll get into face bomb <laughs> yeah so i'm i'm at right now in this best of seven where i feared that i was going to yeah. arrive um i look at this best of seven the same way that i look at a match that's two out of three falls it's usually predictable. You know you know the length it's going to be, but it's all about trying to appreciate the story of how it got there. Two out of three falls is fine because you can give me the story of how it got there and you can give it to me in one you know, half-hour piece. Hmm. When you're stretching something out over the course of eight weeks, that is a tough challenge to make me still get it. You know, like you, know, you guys have already covered, and even though, they, even though they have the calendar and it says, you know, if needed, you know, if the match is needed, just... You, yeah, we, 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 you know, if they were, if they really want to do something, if they want to, if they want to make a statement, have Death Triangle win next week. <laughs> mm-hmm. That'll really elevate Death Triangle in my mind, and that'll to- I would not see that coming. That's where we're at at this point, but I don't think they're going to do that because I think the elite, you know, obviously they, they need to come back and need to get some momentum, some steam, especially. Or even do the back and forward, one and one, one and one, one. You know what I mean? Like, and then match seven feels like it matters, but this whole the elite is going to come back now, and mm-hmm. somebody on Twitch asked. Who are the heels? And I'm like, I ask myself the same question every week. Yeah, I, I, I that's where I'm at. So I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm kind of, I'm kind of getting a little bit over it, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, and I don't know. Yeah. We'll see where it's at. But um, interesting choice for had to, had to do the three one here for Death mm-hmm. Triangle. And then, as we said, we got some gimmick matches coming up. So we'll watch where it goes. Uh, MJF does a, a backstage promo. Basically says, I don't care, Ricky Starks, if you're poor. Yeah, I was born rich, and I'm not sorry for it. Uh, so just uh, some MJF-esque words uh, getting us ready for the uh, main event that will be tonight with him and Ricky Starks. Uh, the acclaim comes out, and we got the, uh, the the crowd pop. We got the rapping, and then Jeff Jarrett and crew come and attack. 
and uh, they they got they got no tolerance for uh, the acclaimed and their shit. Mid rap, mid rap. That's disrespectful. Yeah. Mid rap. That's, that's how you get heat. You just interrupt the rap. Don't let the rap. Uh, be good. I mean, seriously, that's I've talked to people that they they paid and gone to dynamite, and that's like the thing they wanted to see was that was yeah. that fifteen seconds of a rap. Wow. Uh, Issa, what was your thoughts on this and uh, Jeff Jarrett and crew uh, and, and the acclaim? That's where we're. That's how we're moving forward here. Okay. <laughs> I mean. I, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I, Care I, to I, elaborate? I, yeah, I'm just not invested. It's not what I, I, I it doesn't make any sense. I, I, I don't understand. Like, we got rid of the rankings, and it feels like we're on a storyline with these people, FTR, and then the, the ass boys last week. But now we're gonna, in, now we're gonna insert Jeff Jarrett and, and Jay Lethal here for no reason whatsoever. There was a lot of that tonight. Matches that I'm like, okay, I, I, I thought I was going crazy. I was like, I watched last week. This is what happened last week. Why are now these two people going at it? Like, it felt very all over the place, but hey, listen, you're going to give the acclaim another win here because I don't expect Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal to win. You got to build their ring and make them credible, give them a couple more things to beat. I'm okay with that. Jimmy, you buying Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal as challengers for the acclaimed? Uh, only in name alone. That's it. They're, they're, again, there's no story building to this other than these guys are name guys, and and they're, it almost feels like, Okay, these guys need a credible win against some credible opponents. Hey, Jay Lethal and, and Jeff Jarrett are big names in the industry. Uh, you know, like Isa, I don't expect uh, uh, Jay and Jeff to um, to become new champs. But, uh, you know, the, the only thing that, that that caught my attention was the scissor me snap nut, slap nuts or something. Like that, whatever, however you said <laughs> it. Other than that, uh, uh, I didn't pop that much. I mean, I'd hope that you're right, that this is just to elevate and add some Incredible names, one being a Hall of Famer and Jeff Jarrett uh, for the resume of wins for the acclaimed. I would hope that's what the aim is here. But I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up history that Jeff Jarrett has a pretty good track record of whenever he's someplace, he's able to get himself booked pretty favorably for a little bit. Of course, of course. And he's doing that. Technically speaking, we've seen him on TV every week in in pretty significant angles, really. We saw them with Darby and and Sting, and now we're seeing them with the tag team champions who are, dare I say, the most over group in AEW right now. So, yes, he is booking himself in quite significant storylines. Well, not himself, but, you know, he's getting himself booked into quite significant storylines since he arrived. And at least least his his Sting music slaps. I don't get tired of that. Mm -hmm. Carney's gonna Carney. Um, <laughs> looking at a super chat here from Mick Cloud saying, "I hope Jeff does a callback to his gimmick in WCW rap is crap." Jeff didn't do that. That was that was a uh, was Kurt Heading and right. Jeff was never part of the oh, yeah. the West Texas Rednecks, right? That was no. that was a uh, Kurt and Barry was Barry Windham in that. And, I believe so. Oh. Yeah, I don't think Jeff ever did the rap. I mean. Uh. Uh, like I said, uh, too many rough bumps over the years for me trying to remember that far back. Well, you, know, you like, weren't on you weren't on those shows anyways. You 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 were right. you, busy refing the other show. So. Exactly, Exactamundo. Um, yeah, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pause the entire show to do a bunch of googling. But if somebody wants to chime mm-hmm. in, I'm pretty sure it was it was Kurt Hang, it was B- Barry Windham. Uh, oh, here we go, Bernie. Thank yeah. you, Bernie. Bernie's like our Bernie's like our Tony Reale stat boy here. Uh, Kurt Hang, Barry, Kendall Windham, and Bobby Duncan Jr. Okay, that's, that sounds about right. Cool. And they eventually had Virgil. He was like Curly, was he like Curly <laughs> Bill or something. Um, nonetheless, always fun yeah. to bring up bring up mm-hmm. bad WCW history. Sure. Um, Chris Jericho has a promo, 
And uh, you know, he he thinks that Claudio's swing should be banned. He's very frustrated, of course, from having lost his title and lost to Claudio at uh, Ring of Honor Final Battle. He says tonight he just needs a tune-up, a nice, good squash match. That's what we're going to get tonight. Uh, and also looks at Daniel Garcia. A little disappointed, Daniel Garcia. He says he never lost to Wheeler Yuta, and Daniel needs to start shadowing him. He needs to start learning from him. So mm-hmm. we'll get back to Chris Jericho here in a few minutes, but I'm just keeping things linear segment by mm-hmm. segment. But hold on to that. Jericho just needs a quick little tune-up. That's all he needs tonight. Mm-hmm. Brian Cage versus Jungle Boy. Uh, pet peeve of mine, a Canadian Destroyer's hit, and it's not a three-count. It's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a kick out at two. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, Jungle Boy has Brian Cage tapping uh, in the snare trap of the ref is being uh, is distracted. distracted. And ultimately, though, we do get a O'Connor roll-up from Jungle Boy, so he does get the victory, just not as decisive as, as being able to say, "You made Brian Cage tap out." Uh, Issa, Brian Cage versus Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy getting the roll-up win here. Uh, before we get to the post-match shenanigans, just that on paper is that the right call? I guess for what we were building into, it took me a second to remember that Jungle Boy eliminated Cage. So as soon as I saw him come out, the first thing that I couldn't help but to recall was that he almost died last week by that choke slam or whatever that big bill, is his new name, gave him onto the apron. So I couldn't help but to think, okay, why is he wrestling Brian Cage? He should be trying to find, you know, mm-hmm. Big Will and kill him. Like he tried to murder him. So, okay, we set up for that afterwards. I am with you. I thought the Destroyer should have ended the match. You know, like, that's just me. Um, but it, it just didn't seem very credible. I mean, when he, mm. and maybe it's a size thing. Maybe I need to look at it differently. But when he beat Luchasaurus, he jumped off a freaking steel cage. They went on for a very long time here. It just made Brian Cage just not look very good. Brian Cage is lost. I, I don't. I don't care what his record. Oh, he is. just lost. He just won at the pay per view. They just won at the pay per view. Yeah, that's that's Ring of Honor. We're talk- are you Ring of Honor or your AEW? What are you in AEW? I don't care how much he's won on Rampage or Dark or wherever. He has lost more matches on Dynamite where the bulk of the eyes are. And I mean, I, I just that's mm-hmm. Jimmy. So that's that. And the post match, Stokely Hathaway comes out. He's got words. Lee Moriarty and Big Bill. They attack uh, Jungle Boy two on one. And then here comes Hook. Big Bill. Hook comes out to run off. Uh, this is kind of surprising. Now, first off, Hook's music, crowd's popping. This is that's all good, but Jungle Boy's knocked out. Mm-hmm. All seven foot of Big Bill, and then Lee Moriarty, plus Stokely floating around. They have the numbers on Hook, who is not the biggest guy. They run now. They run off, and Stokely does the thing to the camera. We do it on my time, not his time. So it's a classic heel manager explanation. But I was kind of like. Really, y'all gonna run off a hook, but nonetheless, Hook stands uh, there with Jungle Boy. Uh, what'd you think of this, Jimmy? I didn't like it at all. It made zero sense. And like you said, uh, the manager tried to make sense of it, saying, "Hey, we do it on our time, not on your time." It doesn't matter. You're in the ass kicking mode. You just kicked the poor Jungle Boy's ass, despite the you know uh, tapping out and getting pinned in a roll up afterwards with another bad ref distraction. I wish they would. Oh my goodness. But, um, you know, here's another match with uh, post-match aftermath. And it did nothing to help enhance any guy in that ring. And especially Hook. You know, these 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 big guys back away from Hook like that. If Yes, I get what the manager's trying. They're trying to explain it with the manager. But, man, it just, it, it did nothing for anybody. This match didn't help anybody. I'll say this, though. Hook and Jungle Boy, you got... You got two young pretty boys there, two lady killers. Uh, you're, mm. you're you're marketing yeah. in there together. So, 
if you combine I, them, they almost make a heavyweight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, of Big Cass, of Big Bill, whatever. Uh, he looks like a million bucks right now. I, I just don't. Again, it's another big guy. I just don't see being favorably utilized um, yeah. up to yeah. this point. They're, they're, they're going to end up wardlowing him too. Oh my god, I love that you said that term. <laughs> oh, don't, oh, don't don't make wardlowing a verb. Hey, oh, you know what? I actually said that term, uh, Jimmy, earlier oh. when they when NJF, which I love the promo. I love NJF promo, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. he called himself as uh, like he said, I make stars, and I'm like, yeah, I asked Warlow about that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> anyways, yeah, I didn't like these big guys running away from Hook. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was effective, and I mm -hmm. also not sure that they're doing a lot with these guys. What are they called? The firm? Like after helping MJF win the poker chip, they these guys haven't really done anything significant to get me invested into anything that they're doing. Stokely included, who is so good mm -hmm. in the mic and he just feels a little wasted right mm -hmm. now. Yeah, he comes off a little cartoonish to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So yeah, I, I'm just big bill. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> do more with Big Bill. All right, up next, House of Black. Uh, returning to action here. Uh, impressive looking entrance. They're going to be going up against the factory. We got Cole Carter, Aaron Solo, uh, Nick Camarado's out there, QT Marshall. I don't actually know which. There's like, I don't actually know which three were supposed to be in the match here, but nonetheless, uh, shenanigans before the actual match. Julia Hart spits the mist in Nick Camarado's face. Uh, so it's a very misty week here mm -hmm. in pro wrestling this week on television. All out brawl finally. But did she did she spit the mist? Because it looked <laughs> like she's come on. <laughs> well, it looked like there was nothing there. I mean, there was an attempt to. <laughs> she attempted to spit the mist. Okay. <laughs> uh, Camarado sold it. We'll put it that way. Uh, <laughs> finally, though, they uh, they 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 surround and trap QT Marshall after the bell is now rung. Match is officially started. Outnumber QT and Malachi Black hits his uh, roundhouse kick, knocking out QT and getting the win. For the House of Black, so uh, maybe one of the best statement bookings of the night. That the House of Black just came out there and just took no prisoners. Did not. We're not getting paid by the hour for this, Jimmy. No, it was what it needed to be. It was to get them over big, and that's what it it did. Drawing out this match, this match did not have to have a commercial segment and go two segments and blah blah blah. It wanted. It was there to make House of Black look impressive, and I guess it achieved its goal to a certain degree. Yeah, Issa, House of Black, uh, certainly there was a lot of questions about them months ago. We, you know, we, there was rumors of Malachi Black leaving and his health right. or what have you, but this certainly seems like it is a, an attempt of a strong reset to try to um, push them back up to the top of the card. Yes, I'm excited, and I, I will say you see the factory and, and you have a hard time kind of getting invested, but it's, again, we talked about it with the acclaim. Let this team build up a couple of wins, especially while the three of titles are kind of tied up in this best out of seven. You can still make House of Black feel important by scoring a couple of wins before they go after that, which is what I would assume they want to go after. Um, the factory automatically takes me out a little bit, but I'm still invested in House of Black enough to pay attention and see what's going on here. Match was exactly what I needed to be. Terry Allen Jr. with a super chat. Jimmy, Canadians drink eggnog? Question mark. Well, apparently a lot of them do. I'm more of a uh, uh, JD guy, but uh, that's that's because hanging around with guys like uh, Taker and that on the buses, you know what I mean? It's a that was a different time. But uh, I don't know how well JD works in eggnog, but uh, I you did. Jack, have some. You mean Jack Daniels? Yes, Jimmy why, Jack Daniels. Why the abbreviation? 
I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> why? Why are you not name dropping old Jack? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I just because because that's a that's a that's a Tennessee whiskey thing, uh, you know. But uh, you know, the other thing too is I, I like a little mulled wine. The wife and I had some today. Uh, it was really nice. All right. So, are you, so are you telling me on some of the on some of the vacation days for Jimmy Corderas that that ref and rant might have a little JD spiked in that uh in that in that in that cup of Joe? I am not going to tell. <laughs> Cup of Joe with a shot of Jack. Joe and Jack hanging out. That's, that's the best way to start the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? On, on Monday night, you may, may see quadruple J. Oh. <laughs> hey, oh. Oh, man. Things will get silly then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Up next, uh, it's time for the tune-up match. Time for the squash match. Chris Jericho versus and they don't even get the lower third up. I don't know if this was done on purpose or not, but it, it, now in the context, it's kind of brilliant. The lower third, they put up the graphic on the screen when they go to show uh, said jobber, said enhancement talent, said, you know, no name it. They put up Jericho's instead. Uh, so unknown guy here. His name is Action Andretti, uh, as we would get established by commentary. But, uh, you know, we think it's just going to be a classic, you know, quick squash match, but it is not that. Uh, he's got some rally. He's got some fight. At one point, the Dallas crowd is chanting, let's go, jobber. <laughs> so mm-hmm. really rallying behind. The point of the match that got everybody's attention was Jericho hits the code breaker, something he's used as a finisher. Uh, he uses more of the Judas effect in the AEW, mm-hmm. but the code breaker is still famously uh, a featured move for, for his and a finishing move once upon a time. Uh, he does that to unknown guy here on AEW TV. You think that's it. Well, Andretti kicks out of that. And then they're off to commercial for a picture and picture. So now all of a sudden attention is there. This is not just a quick squash. Uh this kid is getting something. And boy does he rally and man, Jimmy, they had the audience at a point where now the audience is like we might actually see this happen. We might actually see pompous arrogant Chris Jericho who's coming off of his humiliating loss to Claudio. He might lose to this no name. And then Jericho gets, he counters. It looks like he's going to lock in the walls of Jericho, but no, that doesn't work. Ultimately we are going to see um, a, a standing shooting star press from action Andretti, And he gets the victory on Chris Jericho and the crowd is just letting Jericho hear it. For me, this is probably the highlight of the night uh, for what they're trying to do in the story here with Jericho. Uh, I know a lot of people are taking it that way, and there's a lot of comparisons to Razor Ramon slash Lightning Kid, which has been referenced a lot online tonight. But at the same time, it all depends on where they go from here. It is what is next. Yes, it was a big moment. Yes, uh, Jericho was very giving to this young man, you know, especially taking that match in all reality in, 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 in days gone by would have lasted maybe three minutes mm-hmm. with, with Chris, uh, you know, getting the, the win. But when he kicked out of that, uh, when he kicked out of the, um, oh my goodness. Code breaker. The code breaker. Yeah. Sorry, man. Just, a, but when he kicked out of the code breaker, I went really, mm-hmm. you know, it, it got my attention, like you said. And I, I perked up and I said, okay, this is going to be one of those situations where this young kid's going to get over without going over. But he also went over. Now we have to see where this goes from here because you can easily lose this momentum if not played right after this moment. 
Issa, what needs to happen? We see Jericho later having a tantrum backstage. He's throwing a fit. <clears throat> Does what needs to happen? Does Action Andretti need to be on on Dynamite again next week and and beat somebody else credible? Does Jericho need to have another lengthy battle with an un, unknown person and lose lose again to a job? Like what needs to happen to make this make sense tonight? I mean, a smart booker will make will take advantage of both situations, right? You make action beat somebody good and you continue on the downfall of Chris Jericho and you create two perfectly good stories that came out of this one match. I mean, the crowd was more awake for this and they were for the elite in the triangle. This is the crowd was here for this up to this point. And I don't think we heard them being just as loud until we got to MJF and Ricky Starks. It was it was fun. I was even into it for a second. I was like, oh, yes, yeah, a squash match. I'm spacing out. And then like you said, then, then it starts turning. Then you start paying attention. I found myself paying attention to the picture in picture. First, I'm like, oh. why is this match getting a picture in picture? You know, like yeah. what is happening? I I loved it. I thought it was I thought it was well done. I personally, for a second, was like, they got an audible here. Maybe this was supposed to be a squash match, and they saw the reaction changing. Uh, shout out to Jericho because he just if 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 we capitalize on it, probably made this kid. Right. And, and it took both of them to get the crowd that invested. And I feel the people at home were into it, too, based on the reaction that the crowd in attendance gave it. But, yeah, to answer your question, I think you can take advantage of both of these stories if you're smart. Don't throw the kid on Rampage, please. Put him put him on Dynamite next week. Have him do something fun and, and continue on the downfall that Chris Jericho. And you can create two great stories here. Yeah, yeah you're right. If he ends up on Dark next week, then what was the point? <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't seen a graphic come out from Tony Khan yet that says no, no, there is a graphic. There oh, is all, a graphic. All it, was, it was out about ten minutes after the oh. podcast. I was waiting for it too, and I was like, where is it? Refresh the feed. There it was. <laughs> Silly me to think that wasn't already out there. Now I gotta see it for myself just to look at it. Um <sighs> <laughs> Uh, John Silver's uncle was this Jericho's attempt at Razor versus one, two, three, kid 2022. That was done a much, a much more, um, I mean, that was a quicker, mm-hmm. it was done a lot quicker as, as, as memory serves me, Jimmy. Uh, I believe, yeah, it, it didn't take two segments, that's for sure. Yeah, it was, it was, it was kid did the moonsault. Yeah, and, and uh, were, you, were you ref uh, them? Who, were you oh, no, for them? oh man, who was a ref for that? Here we go. No, <laughs> no, it wasn't me, I can tell you that. Wasn't me. Uh, we had another was one it Reverend Razor Ramon? It wasn't me. There you go. <laughs> Sheet Black never, never had a never hold of mold wine before. That's sold in stores. So, um, okay, let me put it. Here. It's it's a mold wine. M U L L E D mold. It's and it's a warm warmed wine with a little bit. Uh, I think they use Jameson. Uh, in this one, and it's warmed up, and it's nice and warm, and you're outside and you're drinking this, and it's like, yeah, it's. If you like wine, you would probably like this. Good wintertime drink. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> Good stuff. Well, there we go. Now Jimmy's uh, told us about mold wine, so mm-hmm. go check it out. Because mold, mold M O L D wine, I don't know if I would drink. <laughs> yeah, so M U L L E D. Yes. It's like Canadian accent. We didn't get the mold in there. Oh, gotcha. (laughs) We get an FTR pre-tape vignette uh, talking about their new feud, it seems, with Austin and Colton Gunn. Not going to call them the ass boys. They're not going to call them by their gimmick. They're going to talk real to them. Uh, Issa, I mean, Austin and Colton Gunn, uh, next up for FTR. Are you buying? 
Yeah, I mean, they need a win. They just took two big losses. Um, I love their match on Saturday. I, I have to give it props. I thought it was incredible. I thought the right team won. I really wanted to see the Briscoes win here. Um, that match was everything. So even though they lost, um, they didn't look bad in defeat. But when you look at what happened last Wednesday against the Acclaim, and then you look what happened on Saturday against the Briscoes, you do need you do need FTR to kind of like start winning some matches again and gain some momentum. So why not? Uh, I'm going to call them the ass boys. Why not the ass boys? So yeah, I can, I can see FTR winning here. I love seeing them with the bandages and just selling the damage from that, from that match on Saturday. I appreciated the promo and we'll see where this goes, but I would have been more upset if you bump FTR back to like against the acclaim because they just took two big losses and they should build up again. So yes, I'm, I'm here for this. Jimmy, do you agree? And will you call them the ass boys? Uh, I, I don't know about calling them the ass boys, but uh, you know what? I think either team could use the win here. Yes, I get it. But you can you can build a story around FTR. We saw what happened last week. We saw what happened at the pay-per-view. And I agree with you. He said, what a match. That was just, my goodness. You talk about getting invested in something. I was invested. I um, had goosebumps. And it's been a long time since I had goosebumps doing yeah, a match. It was awesome. And FTR made uh, made made themselves look and maybe this is like they go on a little bit of a losing streak which causes them mm -hmm. to uh get really frustrated and maybe that's the story going forward who knows we, we you know and yes and uh i will call them this for one time tonight only the ass boys could use a win as well <laughs> he said it he said, I said it. it there you go <laughs> Uh, she Black just wanted to, you didn't have to pay to say that she, but he said, no. he meant they heard, so he said that he never heard of mold wine, but of course right. got that explanation. Well, understood, understood. Uh, again, Bernie, our staff will hear, uh, coming in here, went back to look at the video just now, looks like a very young mullet, Mike Kyoto on that match with Razor and the kid, that makes sense. Hey, don't, 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 don't. Don't crack on the mullets. Back in the day, they were they were. I was going to say, uh, Kyoto had one. Jack Doan had a pretty nice looking mullet. Yeah, ask uh, Edge. Uh, he used to call it the frolet that I used to have back in the day. But uh, what did he call hair. it? The frolet because I had this curly hair and at the back it was. Wait, is there pictures of this, Jimmy? Uh, there may be some somewhere. I may post one in a throwback Thursday. You never know. Please, I'm gonna be oh. watching for it. I'll be looking out for it. Pressure's <laughs> on. You have to. You have to post it. Yeah, I have a. I have a picture of myself uh, standing between uh, Paul Roma and uh, Jimmy Powers, and it was like I could have been the third member of that tag team. <laughs> That's incredible. I always, I, I always love it when um. RJ City used to when we we would be like messing around with fans and stuff. The intermission. RJ City used to um, uh, he, we used to always like draw comparisons. RJ City being Paul Roma, the the the, 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 the mm -hmm. pretty pretty strong resemblance there. Yeah, that's actually uh, Jimmy. You said you said mentioning that picture there. Do you have a go to like in all the things you've done in your career oh, and all the things oh, that have been documented? Oh, here we go. Can you see that? Man? Oh, uh, go up just a little bit. That's a pretty good set of hair right there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's a lot of good hair in that picture. Okay. That's that Greek. Mm -hmm. That's the Greek. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry to interrupt you there. What were you saying? No, I was going to ask you, uh, and see, this is why people need to watch the video version of this podcast. <laughs> right, right now, for the last 30 seconds, people doing the audio only are so, so lost. Right. I was going to ask, in all the things you've done and all the people and all the pictures that have been snapped to you and all the documents, do you have, like, one favorite photo that's out there or that's, that's private to you? Like, do you have, like, a photo, like, with – you know, that's that's like yeah, if the house is burning, you're grabbing it and getting out of the house. There's a few, but there's a 
Obviously, the one that's on the cover of the book, Me Standing Between Undertaker and Edge, the main event of WrestleMania 24. But there's a picture out there, and it's some. I'm not going to look for it now because I'd have to really dig on my phone. But it's a picture after a Hell in a Cell match between Randy Orton and The Undertaker. It's me helping Randy Orton to the back. And the picture was taken, um, let's say, from the stage back towards the cage. And, you know, we're in the dark kind of Randy and I, me helping him back. And standing on top of the cage with his arms like this was The Undertaker. And it just looks freaking awesome. Badass. <laughs> yeah. If I was you, I'd be so I'd have like that like in like a big oil painting at the entrance of my yeah. house or something, you know. Maybe maybe I will one day. My wife is a great sketch artist. Maybe she can make one. Oh, let's go. Uh Issa, this super chat for you. I'm gonna throw to you. Uh it's John Silver's uncle wants to oh. know how many Usies would you give the FTR versus Persico's three? Thirteen Usies out of ten. Mm. So good. Yeah. Wow, very oozy. Nice. So oozy. It was oozing oosiness. Tremendous. I like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's about 920-something, so it's time for the women's match. Mm-hmm. Here is a tie. Ty Mello versus Ruby Soho. Uh, Ruby blocks the tie KO. This is the significant move that broke Ruby's nose. It's a big deal. She blocked it. Uh, Ruby does get the pinfall win here on tie but before she can really even celebrate Anna J comes out and attacks so uh time mellow a loss here not a good night for the JS uh, mm. uh just just not winning much here lately uh Ruby Soho Isa uh again another one when she came in and she comes into the music and big deal somebody from WWE that's that signed she's all elite has all the momentum behind her for a few weeks and then um you know just she's just there kind of in the pack so Definitely needed a win, but do you care at all about Ruby Soho? I do still, but it's just because I don't know that she's had a fair shot with the injury, mm-hmm. you know, that hit her. Um, I, going into this, this match actually had a storyline. Ty Conti is the person that took her out, so I wish they would have hyped it up a little bit more than what they did, especially with this thing that winter is coming. Up until we got to the main event, it didn't feel like a TV special. It felt like a other episode of Dynamite, and it feels like don't don't hype up these shows to be specials if they don't if you're not gonna make them feel special. You could have really done something here with this match, given their story. Yeah, I'm still invested into Ruby Soho. I was happy to see her back on Dynamite. It's been too long since we've seen her wrestle in Dynamite. We'll see where it goes. Um, I mean. Where else can you put her right now? You know what I mean? You can't. You, I don't want her against Jade because she's not been engaged, so that will put her in a losing situation. So why not create a a, a storyline that doesn't have a title involved? Yeah, I mean, Jimmy uh, Ruby Soho uh, is she somebody's stock that you're buying, or are you, are you taking a pass at that right now? Um, I'm not taking a pass. I'm I'm again going to take the wait and see attitude. And and like like you said, he said they didn't hype up the match enough because there was a story behind it. Yes, they did during the match. The announcers did a good job of letting the television audience know of their past and their history and the broken nose and all that sort of stuff. But going into the match to hype up this match, they, there wasn't enough of that. That's I mean, even a needed. video package showing yeah. the broken nose, showing the recovery. Ruby Soho posted some gnarly photos online of her face after the surgery. Mm-hmm. Like You just could have done just a little bit more to go like Mm-hmm. Oh, she's out for revenge. That's another thing. She came out a little smiling and all that. And I'm like, I wouldn't come out like that if I'm about to face the person that took me out and, and mm-hmm. I have to have reconstructive surgery because of you. I will run down that ramp and just mess her up. But mm-hmm. I'm also have anger issues. So right. <laughs> no, that's a, no, that's a that's a fair call, Isa. 
That's a fair call. What's the context of where your character is at? I mean, I, you can't overdo it, but I'm a big fan of when a, when a, a situation or, you know, when a conflict is at a certain level, I'm a big fan of the baby face. If they're already in, whether they're already in the ring or whether they're out second for the entrance, like ripping gear off and just going at it, meeting them in the aisle way. Like, I mean, you can't overdo that because then it loses its effect. But, you know, to, to your point, somebody legit breaks your nose and this and that, like, I mean, that, you know, like what, what's it going to take to see you get fired up? Yeah. Yeah. And right. speaking of o- overdoing something to losing its effect again, after this match is another jump. Somebody comes in and jumps. Everything so it's like after every match and it's like, it ends up meaning nothing. Uh, it, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, no, you're not. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm going through literally almost every segment. You're right. It's, it's no every uh, every single one because even if you come the main event, while well, it wasn't a job, somebody else did come out after the end result, in like it, it happens every match. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I mean, you know, and we uh, we'll, viewership's a whole other story. We'll we'll, right. we'll we'll wait and see how this what the numbers are for this one. But uh, I listen, I like I like Dynamite. I'm gonna stick with it every week. They give me something. They, they have something for everyone. When I watch Dynamite, I feel that way. But I feel like if I'm watching it as a casual, I don't know that they would have kept me yeah. through the end in the best right. match or the match that I was invested in toward that people might have stayed for would have been the world title. I don't know if you would have held people's attention for that long. So I'm curious to see the per quarter viewership. Did people stay? Did people leave and come back for the end? You know, that's what I really want to see. (laughs) Isn't that a way to sum up our experience? If we weren't getting paid to watch it, would we be watching it? Probably not. Interesting. I had to I had to drink a coffee halfway through the show. But mm-hmm. again, I had a long travel day. I was on a flight first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, I usually have a lot more energy. But I gotta tell you, if if we weren't here, I, I would have checked out. Right. All right, we get a backstage uh health update on Hangman Adam Page. Alex Marvin is trying to get a uh, word from him. Now, of course, <clears throat> I actually didn't mention earlier, but it, you know, John Moxley and the Blackpool Comet Club, they cutting their promo mox has got a match this friday um but it, it kind of just it, you know hangman if you want some come on come find me you know where i'm at whatever yeah. uh, hangman gives us update uh he talks about how you know when he was knocked out and concussed a few months ago and they're putting him through concussion protocol and he couldn't even remember his son's name um you know he said that's hell gets real choked up real emotional that's hell uh, he's been to hell and he has no problem taking john moxley there uh jimmy a very personal kind of emotional promo delivered by hangman uh Mm -hmm. did he hook you uh again uh i didn't expect that kind of promo from him and it sounded a little different and uh he he got me a little bit but again i i I need more i don't know how to explain it any better than i need more than you know can can i can i interrupt you with what i think think needed sure my my note here was the lines he delivered were, were impactful and emotional, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and any parent or anybody that, that has anybody of, of a younger kid, like a nephew, whatever, not being able to remember their name, like that, that could get you choked up. Right. We needed to see video, the, the video over of, of, of the violent, uh, of him snoring on the mat. Like we needed to see that. And I think that would have gone a long way than just him sitting there on a trainer's mm-hmm. table. Right. Yeah, no, that's very fair. That's very, that makes a lot of sense what you just said there. But again, it felt like something was missing. Isa, uh, what about you? Did you, you, did you feel something was missing or, or did, did, did Hangman put on a good soap opera performance? 
It didn't make any sense. The guy is backstage and he's like, oh, we're here trying to get a medical update on Hangman after his attack last week. Why is he sitting there waiting to get a... Anyway, regardless of that, then he starts talking about the attack a couple of months ago. So I didn't, I, I was very lost at the at the narrative that they were trying to tell me. Is he hurt from last week? Are we still on the concussion? Because it made it look like he was clear from that. So going back to that, I get it. He was trying to tell his story. And while I thought it was emotional and, and good stuff here, he says, oh, I've been to hell and I'm not afraid to take you there. I have bad news for you. He's the one who took you to hell. Moxley's the one that sent you to that place. So I'm not sure that, you know, I don't know if you understand how this works, but you're going in the wrong direction, buddy. Mm-hmm. So it didn't make sense to me. And uh, shout out in the background to Evil Uno, who's got his Evil Uno mask on, but he's got street clothes on. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Living the gimmick, brother. Living the gimmick. All right. It is uh, main event time. Mm-hmm. It is MJF having his first AEW world title defense up against absolute Ricky Starks. And, um, you know, I, I don't have a lot of notes for this. I mean, it's, you know, MJF, he does go out in the crowd early on, gets frustrated. He he punches somebody's popcorn out of their hand. He <laughs> takes some guy's hat and throws it. Um, you know, crowd definitely very much behind Ricky Starks. Of course, he's a Texas guy. Uh, he's got some Texas background. So <clears throat> he's got that backyard support. Uh, it's back and forth. There's a few, you know, uh, a few false finishes that, that MJF really times well. He gets that shoulder up at, at two and seven eighths. Um, but ultimately the finish, it's very MJF ask. Mm-hmm. It looks like he's in trouble. looks like Ricky's got him on the ropes and MJF, you know, grabs the ref. The ref dislodges himself and goes kind of a flitter for a moment. MJF just gives a nut shot to Ricky and small packages him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Issa, um, I, th- this match, I wouldn't say disappointed, but I, but I, I was looking forward to, I think we all were, we're looking forward to more after the promo exchange last week. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I would have had to seen. It was an okay match, but I don't know if it lived up to the main event anchor spot that it was in. Yeah, it was a match. It was a match. And and if you go and t- talk to me about this feud, I'm going to go back to that promo back and forward. I don't know that the match lived up to that. I also wonder if it was hurt from the spot of putting it here at the end of this show that went on and on and on with a lot of pointless, weird storylines that didn't make any sense. A lot of people were mentally checked out by the time we got here. But the match itself, while it wasn't bad, I don't think it was memorable. You know, I'm not worried about uh, Ricky Starks. I think I told you guys last week, the best story they have told one of the best stories they told was Hangman Adam Page, and he lost his first shot at the title. You can still do a lot with Ricky Starks here if you continue to tell his story, but I'm not sure did this him any favors. And then, at the, I mean, at the end, we'll get into it, but when Brian came out, I'm glad he acknowledged him because for a second, they're just going back and forth with MJF and Brian while Starks is still just laying there dead, and I'm like, okay, well, that's where they're going with him. They're done with him. We're moving on. So I'm glad that he did get that spot with Brian to kind of like go back and recognize that. I really thought that he was a great first opponent for for mjf but i don't know that the match helped yeah before we get to the post match uh jimmy uh, as the referee mm-hmm. uh how do you feel about the finish of how they executed the get the ref out of this picture for a moment for the nut shot and then into the small mm-hmm. package uh I, it just felt too uh I, I you know i get what they were trying to do in this situation yes mjf hiding behind the referee i get it and it's almost like the referee didn't really pull himself away. It, was, it almost looked like MJF pushed him away. 
you know, and then kicked him. And it looked like Paul Turner was was trying not to see it. It, it, it for me. Maybe maybe it's me because you know, as someone who wore the stripes, uh, you know, Jimmy, like, the I, I, twitching when you watch when you watch these things happen. Do you, uh, do you get like, you know? No, he's taking a shot at JD. <laughs> I'm surprised I did. I, you know, there are a lot of times I don't come out here slurring my words. But uh, yeah. if I did take a shot of JD every time I saw a ref distraction I didn't like. Oh Imagine goodness. if you had some kind of like twitching reaction every time that a ref is not following the rules. Yeah. But here's here's the thing: wasn't that like the third ref distraction tonight? Yes. You know, and it's not just AEW that seems to be happening a lot more across the board. Mm -hmm. I, you listen, referees are not having a good week. By the way, no. you saw what happened on Saturday. I think mm -hmm. I, th there's something happening in NXT also with. Uh, I know Monday night. Alba Fire. I I yeah. missed. I didn't watch Raw, so it was funny. I was I was thinking about you because I was like, referees are having the worst week ever. Yeah, just, <laughs> I, I get doing the ref distraction, but when you do it all the time, it puts the heat on the wrong people. It puts it on the referees, as opposed to putting it on the person it's supposed to be on is the heel. <laughs> yeah, and then post match, uh, MJF he's celebrating, uh, leaving off the ramp, and then Brian Danielson comes out. Mm -hmm. uh, runs MJF off. MJF runs, exits out the lower bowl concourse area, and then uh, as as he saluted to Brian, kind of checking on and mm -hmm. and uh, embracing Ricky Starks, and that's how Dynamite goes off. So Brian Dennison clearly the next big challenger. Mm -hmm. um, Issa, the the next pay per view is not until March fifth, I think. Um, that's a ways away. Now, of course, AEW is known to do these Dynamite specials, these premium Dynamites. Uh, I don't know if tonight was premium, but it was supposed to be something special. Um, do, can they draw this out until March 5th? Oh, yeah. Do what they'll do is they'll book it into a match, and they'll go for 60 minutes, and it'll be a draw, because that's how you book Brian in a world title feud one-on-one. First, you have him go 60 minutes with the guy, and it goes into a draw. That's, that's what's going to happen. So somewhere, I'm going to say in February, we'll see that happen. All right, Jimmy. They, they'll uh, East, make it to the pay-per-view. <clears throat> Jimmy, East is shooting the shot that we're going to have a 60-minute draw. That's what's going to have to take this to the pay-per-view. Well, maybe, but I, I, I can't see them doing it all the way to the pay-per-view. There's just uh, – uh, I don't know if they have the patience for it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, 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 unless you have a, <clears throat> a, a, a story where – MJF refuses to give Daniel Bryan a shot, like, uh, like uh, you know, and he does he the old thing. He did that with CM Punk for a very long time, yeah, too. Yeah. I re he avoided but, Punk for months. Right. Maybe if he does it that way, where it's like, who'd you ever beat? Well, you know thing, what? You know what I mean? You know, if, um, again, this is a funny situation because so much of the root of the heat and the problem that Bryan Danielson has with MJF is what MJF did to William Regal, who we know that in kayfabe in real life physically is not going to be there anymore. Right. So if if Regal was still there, I could see a, a better roadmap to drawing this up to March because you can have all kinds of things. If Regal, still, if, if Regal was still – whether Regal was there and still aligned with MJF or whether MJF you know, ultimately said, oh, you, know, you made the deal with the devil and turned on Regal like, like, like mm -hmm. he did – having Regal in the mix there, you, I, I feel like there would be a way to draw things out. There would be a way of like – you know, if Regal's heel, Brian's like, if I beat you, I get five minutes of Regal or Regal in a shark. Like you could do having Regal there, but the fact that they've lost, physically lost the body of the person who was part of the origin of this a couple weeks ago. Right. I yeah, I don't know how the hell you how you get this to March. Hmm. That's so. a good point. That's a very good point. 
But uh, we shall see. That's why we uh, watch and do this, uh, is to uh, watch and, and get the armchair booker, because that's what our exactly. job is. Exactly. That was AEW Dynamite's uh, uh, Winter's Coming. I, I got to say, we've seen Winter's Coming in front of an empty crowd uh, and, and daily but This was not... I, I got, Actually, was, that was their best winter. That was their best Actually, one. Actually, reviewing right. the yeah. cards, and that's the one that we got Mox versus Omega Sting debuted. The 2020 Winter is Coming was the best one. Last year's was, mm. it was kind of okay, but we had that mm. one hour Brian mm. and Hangman Page match to mm. open the show. So that exhausted yeah. a couple of people for the second half. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just did not feel uh, as big um, in, in, in delivery as mm. some of the, as they aim for these 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 special dynamites to be. Right. So it was we'll, a weird pacing again. I know we pick yeah. on that a lot, but there was a lot of like back-to-back-to-back promos before we saw a match again, and it just like mm. it was weird. It's the pacing of these shows. I sometimes I just wish that we'll turn some things around or put some things differently, and I think it will really make a difference. Yeah, I, I will. I will say this: it it did not feel as crammed as mm-hmm. some of their past episodes mm-hmm. have been. Mm-hmm. If, uh, but, but I mean, I know what you mean, Isa. But the pay like. I think some things again when we have the, the hindsight twenty twenty. There's I think some things could have been repositioned, re, re the order could have been redone, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like it was necessarily crammed. So right, if that, if that makes sense. Um, I didn't say uh, twenty pounds of potatoes in a ten pound bag once tonight until now. <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, super chat here uh, from John Silver's uncle. Uh, has there? ever been an AEW title match where we genuinely didn't know the outcome? Every world title feud is built so predictable and obvious in AEW. There was a couple of the hangman page, probably with Brian, yeah. in which yeah. I felt could have gone either way, but now we're talking we're talking last freaking winter is coming. We're talking right. a year ago. Might have been the, the last time that I felt like I personally felt Brian could have beat Hangman if they wanted to mm. do it. Yeah. yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah, I'll have to agree with these here, uh, mm-hmm. John. I... um. And, and let me let me say this, John. Sometimes predictable is not always bad if predictable is logical and what's going to entice the people. You know what I mean? Like it's not predictable is not always bad. Not everything needs to be a swerve, bro. But it, it has to be logical, and 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 the, and the people have to make care. sense. It has to right. make sense. It, like you said, Justin. It, it it's okay to be predictable as long as it makes sense. If you do something uh, that doesn't make sense just to be unpredictable. John Silver's uncle, I'll give you a great example. Uh, I can't believe it's getting, it's eight years dated now. It's crazy how time flies. But we were talking about Brian Danielson when he was Daniel Bryan. I'll give you a great example. Start of 2014, Daniel Bryan's not in the Rumble. You know, he's, he's this organic thing. He's not. It looks like WWE legit is trying to push. They do not want, he's, he's slated to. Uh, whatever his match was supposed to be uh, at Mania. And, you know, and Punk walks out, and we thought maybe it was going to be Punk at Triple H. I mean, whatever, whatever. So finally, they end up, everything switches, right? It's, 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 the, it's the yes movement. And Brian gets booked at WrestleMania 30 to have two matches. Well, two matches maybe. If he can beat Triple H in that first match, then he gets to go up against Orton and Batista for the world title. I was there live. Once he beats Triple H in the, in the opening match, you know, deep down, there's no he. He absolutely has to win this other match. That that it's it's predictable. He has to, but it's logical, and you still just have to see it to believe it. Yeah, that's predictable is okay if it's logical and if there's still a reason to tune in. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's one of the best recent examples I can 
conjure up for it's funny because you got both ends of the stick that night with brock beating the undertaker which was completely mm -hmm. not expected one exactly. of the most shocking moments in the wrestling history you went mm -hmm. from something that nobody thought would happen to something that everybody knew was going to happen but we just wanted to see it happen you guys really got both ends of those that's, that's a roller coaster of wrestling emotions right there mm -hmm. for wrestlemania I, 30 attendees <laughs> i was there that night i mean you're, you're right i mean then you're, and you're starting off with i mean i never thought in my life i would see the rock stone cold and hulk hogan in a room right. together cutting a promo yeah. like that you know of course the famous superdome thing and they're, yeah. they're cutting the promo brother. i mean mm -hmm. and you're right i mean there, there's a lot in that show that is um yeah you know and, and to me i think it's definitely in the it, it's it's up there in the rankings of, of some of the best manias ever yeah um all right that's gonna do it for tonight thank you john silver do you ever her. feel biased when you do your rankings because like when i'm looking at my rankings i have to go like if I attended it, it's, it's very biased because it's so different. The energy of attending a WrestleMania, nothing mm -hmm. is going to match it. And it could be a crap WrestleMania and you still have, like, like a lot of people are so critical of WrestleMania 32. I have nothing but good memories because I attended it live and it's just mm -hmm. such a blast. So it's funny when I'm ranking my manias because I'm like, okay, let me not try to think of somebody that went to it and try to think of it, mm -hmm. you know, from a match perspective. That's true. I So it's funny you say that, Issa. I used to think that maybe I was... Because my first, yeah. as anybody that's followed me, and I think both of you know this, my first Mania that I ever attended was Mania 17. <laughs> now, so for the longest time after that, still as a kid, kid, you know, go, you know, going up through school, I proclaim that's the greatest Mania ever. Right. And I was like, was it because I was there? Was it because I'm such a huge Stone Cold fan and like he sold his soul to the devil? Was it because of the TLC? Like, right. But then as time went on and I watched more and more of the internet kind of declare, yeah, that might be the best mania. I'm like, all right, well, maybe I'm not so crazy. Right. So I don't know. I mean, I've been to so many manias. I, I, to me, 17's up there, 30's up there. But then there's a lot of other manias I've been to that I'm like, eh, I don't think the best. I think there's great moments. Mm -hmm. I think, right. I, think yeah. I look at 31, that moment, you know, stick. You know, Sting and Triple H, it's not oh. necessarily the greatest match, but all the window dressing they did of yeah. DX and NWO, it was a moment. Uh, yeah. a, 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 a Triple H, Stephanie Rock, and then Rock bringing Ronda into the ring. That's a yeah. moment. You know, so I mean, I think there's big moments. I feel I that think... way about 35. I mm -hmm. went to 35, and a lot of people are critical of it. And I'm like, as somebody that's been watching wrestling my whole life, seeing the women, main event WrestleMania, I don't care if it took nine hours mm -hmm. to get to it. I don't care if the match wasn't what people yeah. wanted to see. That moment meant everything to me, and nobody's mm -hmm. going to take that from me. You there see, you and I and I love to endorse to that, but I, when I think about that, by the time that, that women's match got out there, I was just tired. Yeah, I know. I was exactly. like, this yeah. has been too long. I was yawning. I mean, I'm... You know, I got Macaulay Culkin sitting behind me, and I'm looking at him, and he's yawning, and I'm yawning. Yeah. No, no, no. I had I had kids by me yeah. that were literally napping throughout some of the other matches, and okay. I'm like, I, I wanted to be like, take your kids home. Can, you get it. You people spend a lot of money to come here. I can only imagine. And and listening to you guys mention all these WrestleManias, especially Justin, who mentioned 17, which yeah, it's just all these memories start flooding back in my head from 17. You know, you talk about, you know, great moments in mania you know being there ringside looking up at jeff hanging from the mm. from and and the spear from edge and just you know, like if you look down at the bottom corner me trying to pull the ladder out making sure they don't land on yeah you know what i mean and yeah. stuff like that. getting a ride from from uh 
uh, cane in the back of a golf cart during mm -hmm. the hardcore, yeah. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. It just now you guys man. got me wanting to watch WrestleMania 17 again. It's, it's still, I, I watched it uh, probably it, last spring, it, it, it still holds very up very well, yep. yeah. It's yeah, no, but I'm a, yeah. I'm a big fan of the two-night WrestleMania just because of what yeah. we were discussing. Yeah. However, yeah. I feel like a lot of times people don't understand what a moment could have meant to a significant person mm -hmm. that was there, right? You were saying right. some of them are not great, but you have some moments. And it's like, well, this yeah. is why this moment was particularly special to me. And I kept my energy going because I wanted mm -hmm. to see this match. Mm -hmm. And maybe some people were falling asleep. But to me, that in moments that I got to witness live, it's, it, it ranks very high because of what mm -hmm. it meant. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about the moments. Um, yes. Literally. Yeah, we, we could do an entire yeah. podcast. And you know, now I'm thinking of like, you know. No, because then Jimmy would just flex on us. No. <laughs> well, the, the great thing about having Jimmy is that like so many of my great memories of watching Manias as a kid, you know, like, you know, Mania 10, Mania 11. Oh, he can give you he's all got all these. Yeah, he's got all these different memories. I mean, yeah. like, I like the other night. Um, Corey Graves on commentary. I think I think Rhea and uh, and Dominic are there, and 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 Corey starts singing Salt and Pepper. He's like, "What a man! What a man! What a mighty good man!" My mind goes to WrestleMania 11 of Salt and Pepper singing uh, mm -hmm. Lawrence Taylor uh, mm -hmm. you know, as he's getting ready to come to the ring against Bam Bam Bigelow. I sing that, I sing that yeah. for Roman Reigns. Come on. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> My mind didn't go there. No. <laughs> All right, very good. Uh, uh, final plugs and uh, pleasantries. Issa, plug it away. NYC Demon Diva on YouTube. Help me get to 20,000 subscribers. We're very, very close. Wow. Awesome. Huge. Awesome. Jimmy? Uh, well, you can obviously find me here on Wednesday nights with you, too, and Triple J on Monday nights after Raw. And my ref and rants on all my social media platforms uh, from Monday to uh, uh, Friday. And you can, if you're looking for a last-minute stocking stuffer for the uh, wrestling fan in your list, uh, go to ProWrestlingTees.com and get a Ref and Rant t-shirt, or you can actually... Buy the book. It's so good. Book. Yes. Buy the book. <laughs> oh, thank you. Buy it's the so book. Good. Buy the book. Uh, three count. Go buy it. Good for good for. It's Christmas. out there online. You can find it. <clears throat> go buy it. Uh, I'm at Justin Labore across all the socials. We appreciate it. Of course, like, comment, uh, subscribe to the podcast, leave a nice comment, share, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. Tweet any of us. Tell us where in the world you are when you're listening to this podcast or watching it. Mm -hmm. However you consume it, we enjoy to hear it. Much appreciated. I'll be back Friday morning on Busted Open Radio with Dave LaGreca and Thunder Rosa. And the next Monday, uh, Triple J, maybe Quadruple J, depending on how Jimmy's doing that night. Uh, <laughs> so as always, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Don't miss it wherever it's going to be. Uh, thanks to all of you. Appreciate all the super chats. Appreciate the live chats. Uh, go Commanders. Go Capitals. Ovi's at 800. Go Argentina. Oh. Vamos Argentina. Oh, my goodness. Go, Leafs, go. <laughs> <laughs>